This time we need to talk about those times when we fabricate discomfort out of thin air and it lives solely in our minds and yet we run from it and ruin our self-care. Let's go. Self-care isn't easy. It requires doing hard things. Being uncomfortable is mandatory. It's not for the weak and it's not for the fragile. But that's okay. We don't mind because we are weakless. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Moment of Weakless. This is episode nine. I can't believe it. Seems like I just started this podcast yesterday and it's already been nine weeks. But this week we are going to dive into kind of a specific subject. And it's this is actually going to be a two-parter. We're going to need to cover the second half of this next week. But we need to get specific and talk about those thought types that create discomfort that we then run away from and we have manufactured them ourselves. They don't really exist until we say they exist. But it's interesting because each one of these that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about five of them, but uh, just two today. Each one of them is going to be totally familiar to everybody and something that we all talk about and you've probably never stopped and thought about the fact that these are only things that we make up, that we manufacture, that they don't exist until we agree that they do and they're completely subjective. And the first one among those is overwhelm. Overwhelm is something that pretty much everybody experiences. And please note that we're not talking about physical overwhelm. We we can overwhelm anybody physically, obviously, we can just start stacking weights on you and make you walk around with them. And eventually we will put enough weight on you that you will collapse. You will break. We're not talking about physical overwhelm. We're talking about the type of overwhelm that everybody is talking about when they talk about overwhelm. When people say I'm overwhelmed, they don't mean I need to put this big heavy weight down or I, you know, I'm getting too weak to do this particular job that I'm doing or something like that. That's not what they mean. And everybody talks about overwhelm. You know, I didn't even look before I started this, but I bet that word is even in a bunch of titles of books on Amazon. I probably should go check that out. But overwhelm is interesting because it's completely subjective. I mean, think about it. You don't get overwhelmed at the exact same place that anybody else you know would get or anybody else on earth would get overwhelmed. We give two people a super stressful job. It's not like it comes down to the exact second and they both go, okay, now I'm overwhelmed. And even more interesting is that overwhelm just doesn't exist at all until you decide that you're overwhelmed. You have to be doing a bunch of things. You have to throw in some complaints. You're, you know, in your head, you have to be able to say, this is really hard. This is very uncomfortable. This is difficult. I wish I didn't have to do this. This is too much. I have too much to do. You have to throw in some complaints, not just observations, but complaints. Like you, you wouldn't be saying this is more than I could get done in a day, but I don't really care. I'm just going to do whatever I can and I will do the rest when I possibly can. Cause that's really the only thing I was ever going to be able to do anyway. You're not saying that you're saying I have too much to do and it's awful. So there's some sort of complaint involved. And at that point, you can become overwhelmed. You can say, I am now overwhelmed. And it's just like a magic spell that you just cast. 
That's really all it is. Prior to that, you were not overwhelmed. Now you are overwhelmed. What changed? Nothing. Your thoughts, your, your head, what you are thinking. You were doing something and it was hard and that could be totally fine. As we've talked about in this podcast, oftentimes hard is a really good reason to go do something. Go do these hard things and we get to expand our comfort zones and oftentimes learn and grow in really great ways. So hard doesn't make it bad. And not being able to finish doesn't necessarily make it bad. And even if somebody else is breathing down your throat, like a boss that says you have to have this done by this hour, what were you going to do? Like I said a moment ago, what were you always going to do? Work your hardest. You were going to go work as hard as you could. If you had a ditch to dig that was, you know, a hundred yards long and with the shovel and the muscle mass and the other resources that you have, you know, whether or not you have other people to help you or whatever, you can only get 90 yards of this ditch dug. What are you going to do? What would a robot do in that situation? A robot would just simply dig and fail to dig the hundred or hundred yards of, of uh, I almost said meters for those of you in outside the U S that don't use our stupid measuring system, but a uh, hundred yards, hundred meters, a robot would dig the 90 and then that would be all that they could get that that robot could dig because that's all they're capable of. And they would do that with zero emotion, but that's not what humans would do. Humans go, I need to dig a hundred yards of ditch. I'm only going to get 90. I think I'll freak out too. And the facts don't change. The facts are exactly the same. You can only do this much. Now you could do some problem solving there and try to go figure out like what other resources do I have? Can I find somebody else to come in here and help me? Do I have a, a, a backhoe that I could use or, or an excavator, or, you know, maybe I can get a whole crew of people down here. Maybe we all get bigger shovels, whatever it is, there could be problem solving going on, but there doesn't have to be any emotion added to it. And yet we add emotion and then that becomes the overwhelm. Not the job, because the job isn't going to hurt us. The job isn't like physical overwhelm. And this could get convoluted with my ditch digging example, because maybe you would get physically overwhelmed and get blisters that wouldn't allow you to keep digging or hurt your back or something. But you get my point. Let's not get too technical here. You aren't overwhelmed until you decide you are overwhelmed. Now, the time of day comes when you can no longer work on this. What are you going to do? Oh, I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to eat some junk food or drink some alcohol because this was a horrifying day. And if this keeps going, if this is like day, day in and day out, where just, you know, this is a project where it's, let's say it's uh, five days of a project that has to be done on Friday. And every single day you come to a point where you can't work anymore that day. And you are thinking that you're not going to be able to make it. And maybe you're totally right. And maybe nobody's coming in with more resources and your boss is a jerk and they're not acknowledging that this can't be done. What are you going to do? Your self-care goes completely out the window if you are the average person. You just completely chuck it out the window. Why? Because you decided you were overwhelmed. If I were to ask that person shoveling down those cookies and drinking that wine at the end of the day, man, you're really going after that stuff. What's going on? Oh, I'm just really overwhelmed right now. I've got this stuff going on at work and this project. I'm just never going to be able to get it done. And okay, first off, what's that got to do with cookies and wine? 
Is there an amount of cookies and wine that you can drink that suddenly takes that 10 yards off the end of that ditch and you don't have to dig it anymore? Or if you eat enough cookies and drink enough wine, you get up in the morning and go out there and the ditch is half dug magically? No, that's complete nonsense. But instantly that person would be talking about the thing that they have to do. And that thing didn't make them feel anything. Having to dig a hundred yard ditch cannot force a single human being on earth to feel anything, anything at all. And when you don't acknowledge that, you pretend that these things happen to you. You pretend that you are upset because your boss gave you too much to do and now you're overwhelmed. No, that's not why. You are overwhelmed. That's why you're upset. But you're overwhelmed because of the things that you think about the stuff that your boss gave you to do. You give up control and you allow yourself to believe that the world just gets to come in and create all of this discomfort for you. And instead of you running at that discomfort and going, hey, what's this discomfort really about? And this is the kind of thing we do in Diligent Mind Self-Care, my membership program. And we start really touching on this stuff in the Discomfort Zone Workshop, which as usual, you can always get. It's uh, I'll have a link in the show notes for this podcast, as as always. But we learn to run at these kinds of discomfort. So we're not just like trying to deal with cravings all the time or figure out how to deal with the discomfort of the gym. Those things are important. But it won't matter how well you deal with cravings or how motivated you are to go to the gym if you get overwhelmed and you run away from it to medicate that overwhelm that you created in your head This is the stuff that makes self-care fall apart. This is the stuff that makes self-care fall apart far more often than cravings. I think most people intuitively know that if they just battle cravings, they can get through them. I think they know that people who just don't eat sugar and haven't for years aren't just running around having cravings all the time. That's probably something that is just in people's understanding, but that's not what ends up making people fall off the rails. What makes people fall apart is their inability to control thoughts like this that then create emotional eating or those times when you say, I'll get back on track later, whatever it might be. And we have to understand that we make these things. We create these thoughts 100%. They are manufactured by us in our heads. And then if somebody asks us about them, we try to point to things in our world. I'm stressed out because of this job. I'm overwhelmed because of this job I've got to do, whatever it is. No, you're not. You're stressed out because of what you think about that. And what you think about that is not mandatory. Everybody gets to think what they want about that. Anybody else in that same position could be thinking, this is fantastic. I love this. Oh man, I've performed so great under pressure. This is great. Bring on the pressure. Or I've never done a project like this before. I'm just going to go learn and grow. I don't know if I can get it done on time, but I don't care. I'm just going to do my best. You can think whatever you want. And there isn't a single thing coming in to your head, a single input that is forcing you to think anything or feel anything. So will you think things that you run away from? What the heck is that? Well, it's you bullying yourself and you thinking that it's okay to bully yourself. So our next example is stress. And I put these two together because obviously they're very similar, but stress goes way beyond overwhelm because it can include so much. And very often stress doesn't have anything to do with stuff that you have to do. It's just like worry or anxiety over something that happened in the past that you 
can't let go of. You're just ruminating about. It doesn't always have to be actionable. But the interesting thing about stress is that, well, most people just don't understand the difference between stress and stressors. And this is how we work on it in DMSC. The first thing we do is go separate out the stress and the stressors. So in the ditch digging example, the ditch would be a stressor and it would be a physical stressor for sure, because you're going to be doing a bunch of work. I mean, is it too much of a stressor? Not necessarily. Depends on your, your physical capacity at the time. I mean, the, the gym and working out is a stressor. It's just a good stressor. So that remains to be seen whether or not it goes too far. But again, that's not the kind of stress we're talking about. We're talking about the woe is me. Why do I have to deal with this? This really sucks. I can't wait till this is over, whatever type of stress. That ditch is a stressor, or maybe your boss is a stressor. The stress is everything that you create out of it, and none of it is mandatory. None of it. Again, what does a robot do in that situation? It just picks up a shovel and starts digging if that's the best resource that it has to get this job done. It doesn't have to think anything. It doesn't have to say, oh God, this is so awful. I can't wait until I'm done with this. Why Why me? You know, other people don't have to dig ditches. It's, it's, it's their life choices. I made such stupid decisions. I wish I hadn't let myself get here. And all of this nonsense, that's the stress. That's the stress that a robot or your dog, for example, can't do. We do it as humans as a way to, well, I think, pretty much just make our lives miserable because stress doesn't ever affect stressors. Like I said about overwhelm, you can't freak out enough to make a stressor go away. I have an example from way back. It's been years now. My kids are homeschooled and my daughter was working on a math problem and she was just in tears and so frustrated. She hates math like her dad. And uh, she was just really struggling. And I said, look, sweetie, calm down, put the pencil down, look at me. Look, you can laugh and whistle Dixie and do cartwheels while you do this math problem, or you can cry so much that you can't hardly see through your eyes and you're running the ink on the page that you're trying to write on. Either way, that math problem is going to be exactly the same. The math problem does not care how much you freak out and no amount of freaking out makes it go away. So the only thing that all of this stress, all of this emotion is doing is hurting you and robbing you of happiness in this moment. It's doing nothing else. And here's the deal I started to explain when we were talking about overwhelm. If I asked you, why are you stressed out? You would tell me what you're stressed out about. Now, this is really important. Maybe one of the most important parts of this whole podcast, maybe the most important point I wanted to make today. If I ask you, why are you stressed out? You would probably say, I got this ditch to dig and, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get it done in time. And no, 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 you, you misunderstood me. Now you're telling me what you're stressed out about. And I'm asking you, why are you stressed out? And you might say, well, that's the same thing. No, it absolutely is not. Because here's what happened. You realize that you have this big ditch to dig. You realize the resources that you have. You realize that those resources might be a little bit short. You realize that this was going to be hard and it was going to be uncomfortable. And then you turn those things into complaints instead of just realizations. And then you went, I know what I'll do. Let me run over to my toolbox and get some stress out. Okay, now I have my stress. I'm stressing out. 
I'm asking you why you did that. A stressor landed in your lap. You went and got stress out and said, let's use stress now. I choose stress. Why? Why did you do that? What is that for? And when you examine that, you'll say, well, it's definitely not for solving my problem. No amount of stress is going to make that ditch go away. It is clearly only for hurting me. And stress doesn't exist outside my own head. So I'm making this up entirely so I can hurt myself. Yeah. Okay. That's where we're at. I still have a ditch to dig, but I also decided I was going to go conjure up a bunch of thoughts that would make me really miserable. And then I was going to dwell on those thoughts so I could just be as uncomfortable as possible, make this whole thing awful. And I did that solely so that I could, well, just feel bad. I was thinking to myself, this is going to be a tough job. Wait a minute. I can make this way worse if I just feel terrible while I do it. I dare you to argue with this point that I'm making. What else is that stress for? And it is absolutely a choice. Now, it doesn't feel like a choice in the moment because these pathways are so myelinated and we've been doing these things for so, so long that we just all have a sort of gut stress response at a specific level and certain things that we stress out about more. The point is, though, that you can get in there and go change those things and remyelinate them, but you have to be able to do this work. The discomfort is the cue. You are out in your world looking for discomfort. That's what we're doing all the time. That's what I prescribe to everybody that I work with on a personal level. You're out there looking for discomfort because it's the herald of opportunity. And it oftentimes will tell you about thought patterns like this that are destroying your self-care practice. But overall, they're just making you really miserable and unhappy. And you could be tearing those thoughts down. You could be digging in. You could be asking questions like we did today and learning to set those things aside. Now, the first time you do this, that stress or overwhelm is going to come back within five minutes and you're going to do it again. You're going to ask questions and go, what are we doing? What is this for? What's this? What am I doing this overwhelm thing for? I made it up. What am I doing this stress thing for? Yes, I have a stressor, but the stress is all me. What am I doing? And you start setting those things aside and your happiness dramatically improves pretty much on the spot. But your self-care definitely improves over time as well. So this stuff is absolutely worth thinking. And anybody that thinks that self-care is mostly physical is out of their mind. If you have been trying to figure out how to take better care of yourself by running around and choosing different plans, like this is the way I'm going to eat and this is the way I'm going to exercise. Great, but you're scratching the surface. You're just scratching the surface. Because whether or not you will or can do this stuff long-term, is going to come down to this mindset work. And I've got a whole bunch more of this for you, a whole bunch more of it. But if you want to be able to run at discomfort and be weakless, you're going to have to run at this kind of discomfort too. You're going to have to go, stress is uncomfortable. Okay, let's dig in. Let's run right at that. Let's not sit here and freak out and wallow in it or medicate it with some junk food. Let's run right at that stress and go learn how to not be this stressed out tomorrow. Let's go do some real work that'll actually improve my life because I'm weakless and I can handle difficult things. I can handle being uncomfortable for a while. I am uncomfortable right now. There's the herald of opportunity. Let's get to work. This stuff is super powerful if you take it seriously. I'd love for you to spend some real time thinking about this. We're going to do part two next week. I'll see you then.